Section 20 of The Diary of a Country Parson by James Woodford. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 1777. January 9th. Had a letter this evening from my old friend Dr. Bathurst, canon of Christchurch, and nephew of my Lord Chancellor's. Note. See more on pages 156, 157, and page 295 to desire me to receive his money and look after his affairs at Witchingham, as Mr. Francis charges him at sixpence in the pound for his trouble for receiving the same. January 13th. West on my mare, and my servant William with me to Mr. Decane's, where I dined, spent the afternoon, and stayed till eight at night with him, Mr. and Mrs. Howes, and Mr. Dunn. We had for dinner a leg of mutton boiled, a batter pudding, and a couple of ducks. It is a club meeting and goes by the name of Rotation. I became a member of it today, and they all dine with me on Monday next. Every Monday is the day. At Quadrille this afternoon lost one shilling threepence. I gave nothing at all to servants. As there was no moon to come home by, it was very disagreeable to come home through the wood, and that I did but I thank God I got safe and well back, though very dark. When there is no moon for the future, we'll get back before it is dark. January 16th. To one Richard Andrews, a smuggler, for a pound of nine-shilling tea and three silk India handkerchiefs at five-shilling sixpence, one pound, five-shilling sixpence. Tom Dunnell begun making a pair of handsome large-deal gates for the Barton this afternoon. Smuggling was a commonplace of eighteenth-century life, and was due entirely to high protection. During the Seven Years' War, when the English army was freeing North America from the French, the American colonists did a thriving business in supplying their ancestral enemies, the French, with smuggled goods. That the trade was highly discreditable to them in these circumstances goes without saying. At the same time, it is only just to point out that the duties imposed by the English government were excessively damaging to American industries, and were one of the exacerbating causes leading to the revolt of the American colonists. In England, before Pitt took the whole business in hand in 1784 onwards, smuggling was carried on on a scale which was simply colossal. The annual defalcation of the revenue was estimated at two million pounds, out of a total revenue of twelve million five hundred thousand pounds. Whole fleets of ships and armies of persons were engaged in the smuggling business. Pitt, says Leakey, computed that at least thirteen million pounds of tea were annually consumed in the kingdom, but duty was only paid on five million five hundred thousand assuming what was notoriously untrue that the consumption of foreign wines was only equal to what it had been thirty-six years before the revenue had in this single item been defrauded of two hundred and eighty thousand pounds a year pitt struck at smuggling partly by carrying through great reductions in the duties the tea duty for instance was reduced from a hundred and nineteen to twelve and a half per cent and partly by reviving Walpole's attempted policy of substituting excise for customs duties. Note. Lecky's England in the Eighteenth Century, Volume 9, pages 46-48, through 48, 
volume five pages two hundred and ninety four to three hundred see memoirs of william hickey volume one pages two hundred and forty eight to two hundred and fifty for an account of how smuggling was carried on at sea january twentieth mr duquesne mr howes and mr dunn dined and spent the afternoon with us being my club day i gave them for dinner a couple of rabbits smothered with onions a neck of mutton boiled and a goose roasted with a currant pudding and a plain one they drank tea in the afternoon played a pool of quadrille after drank a glass or two of punch and went away about eight o'clock no supper is a rule and no veils tips to servants however mr dunn gave one shilling to my servant will the other two gave nothing mr frost called on me in the afternoon and I paid him a bill for deals, etc., nine pounds, eleven shillings. Gave Mrs. Dunnell's man, Robin, one shilling. At quadrille this evening, lost threepence. February 6th. Had one half an anchor of rum brought me this evening, about ten o'clock, by one Richard Andrews, the smuggler. Paid him for it, one pound, fifteen shillings. He brought me also one half an anchor of Geneva, for that paid one pound five shillings february ninth i buried one john greaves of east tuddenham this afternoon at weston received for burying him as he was a stranger the sum of six shillings eightpence and which i gave back to his widow as she is poor and has many children february fourteenth to thirty-six children being valentine's day and what is customary for them to go about in these parts this day gave three shillings being one penny apiece to each of them march first dr dodd for forging a bond on lord chesterfield for four thousand pounds was tried this week and by the jury brought in guilty he is a doctor of divinity and late chaplain to his majesty note william dodd seventeen twenty nine to seventeen seventy seven was a popular preacher and chaplain to the king he also acted as tutor to Philip Stanhope, the great Lord Chesterfield's heir and godson. On February 1st, 1777, he committed the famous forgery in Lord Chesterfield's name of £4,200, £3,000 of which he returned on being found out. He was condemned, and despite popular appeals and the interposition of Dr. Johnson himself, was hanged on June 27, 1777. Dodd was a voluminous writer. It was through his Beauties of Shakespeare, 1752, constantly reprinted since, that Goethe first became familiar with Shakespeare's works. See D.N.B. March 13th. To Mr. Carey for a turkey, eleven pounds, at four and a half, paid four shillings, one and a half pence. My nephew and self took a walk to Hockering this afternoon, to see Mrs. Howes, who is ill, and keeps her room. Mrs. Davy there from Norwich. We drank tea, but did not see Mr. H. Mr. Howes was at the cock at Hockering. He was sent for, but he sent word that he could not come at all. It snowed going there and coming back. Mrs. Howes is very indifferent and very low-spirited. March 18th. My servants Will and Suki went to a puppet show this evening at Morton, and kept me up till after one o'clock. March 23rd. I read prayers and preached this morning at Weston. I gave notice this morning at church that there would be prayers on Friday night, being Good Friday. 
there used to be none that day, which I think was very wrong. March 25th. My great pond full of large toads. I never saw such a quantity in my life, and so large, was most of the morning in killing of them. I dare say I killed one hundred, which made no show of being missed. In the evening more again than there were. I suppose there are thousands of them there, and no frogs. March 26th. Went a-fishing with nets down to the river to-day, but had little or no sport. Caught two brace of pike, one fine perch, some gudgeons, and a few flatfish. I sent the men before I went, and I found them at Attlebridge, and it made me quite angry to find them there, so angry that I left them immediately and ordered them off. And then my nephew and self took a ride to Witchingham, and saw the parsonage house there and church. The church is a very neat one, and in good repair. The house not bad, though better than I thought it to be. As we returned, we found the fishers at Leonard Bridge trying there for fish, and there we stayed with them till five o'clock, and then returned home to dinner. For some beer for them at the inn there paid one shilling. Harry Dunnell, Ben, Will, Allen, and Barney, and Tom Carr were the fishermen, and they all returned and dined at my house. Gave them two shillings. I let the fishermen have a bottle of rum to carry with them. We returned quite tired and hungry, and much fatigued. March 27th. We took half a large basket full of toads this morning out of the great pond, put them into a kettle, and poured some boiling water upon them, which killed them instantaneously. I dare say we killed two hundred. Harry Dunnell and my boy Jack Wharton took them up in their hands, alive, and put them into the basket. March 28th. I read prayers this morning at Weston Church at eleven o'clock. No sermon. I had a tolerable good congregation. I did not dine to-day, being Good Friday, till five in the afternoon, and then eat only a few apple fritters and some bread and cheese. March 29th. Andrews, the smuggler, brought me this night, about eleven o'clock, a bag of hyson tea, six pounds weight. He frightened us a little by whistling under the parlor window just as we were going to bed. I gave him some Geneva, and paid him for the tea at ten pounds sixpence per pound, three pounds three shillings. April 6th, I read prayers and administered the high sacrament this morning at Weston. No sermon. My clerk, James Smith, dined here to-day, being sacrament day. About nine o'clock this evening I saw in the element a prodigious light, exactly the form of a rainbow, and near the breadth but vast deal larger, as it extended from north-east-north to west-south-west, very bright indeed. I apprehend it to be the northern lights, but I never saw them in that form before. It went off soon, and quivered about as the northern lights. April ninth, I breakfast, dined, supped and slept at the King's Head. Bill breakfast, dined, supped and slept again at the King's Head. They had gone on a jaunt to Norwich. Called on Mr. Francis this morning. He asked me to dine with him, but I would not be so troublesome. Called on Mr. Priest and paid him for wine, etc., five pounds, six shillings. Paid Mr. Below, China man, for glasses and decanters, twelve shillings. 
to a mariner's compass paid four shilling sixpence to a silk purse paid one shilling sixpence to a spice box paid two shillings sixpence we drank tea in the afternoon at mr francis's with him his wife and father from thence we went to the theatre royal and saw tancred and sigismunda with bonton for the entertainment we sat in the front box paid for tickets six shillings gave a soldier a dragoon of the eleventh regiment whose name was martin and came from somerton one shilling april tenth i breakfasted and dined at the king's head bill breakfasted and dined at the king's head had a letter yesterday from mr pouncet who informs me that sister clark is going to be married to one ryle of sherborne a man who drives his own wagon to bristol is much in debt and has ten children already i sent her a trimming letter to-day on the above account called on mr aram gardner and paid him two pounds eleven shillings my nephew and self took a walk this morning to see the dragoons exercise on the mousehold heath about three miles from norwich we returned by three o'clock gave to my servant will coleman who came to norwich yesterday towards a pair of leather breeches ten shillings sixpence gave my nephew towards a hoat boy eight shillings after dinner towards the evening we set off for weston april seventeenth sent my servants will and ben with a cart this morn to norwich after some wine from mr priest and some dishes and plates etc from mr bellows china merchant sent by them a note to mr priest and one to mr below they did not return till seven in the evening they might have come home much sooner i think the things came home very safe however as well as wine i have now a complete table service of the cream-colored ware with some other useful things my servants were both rather in liquor and as for will he behaved very surly and went to bed before i supped a pretty return for giving him half a guinea last week april nineteenth mr duquesne drank a dish of tea with me this afternoon he walked over and had his wheel to measure the distance from his house to mine with him and it was two miles and six furlongs i played a game at batgammon with him he beat me had a letter this evening from sister clark to assure me that the affair with ryle is entirely over had a letter also from jeffreys of brecon to desire me to send his brother six quart of turnip seed april twenty fifth i got up this morning at five o'clock and shot a rook in carrie's pit that was eating up my oats that are set lent spall my blacksmith this morning two pounds two shillings mr don and young mr shelford of north tuttenham dined and spent the afternoon with us had for dinner a face and greens a leg of mutton roasted and a plum pudding may eighth after dinner my nephew and self with ben and the boy walked down to the river with the casting net for a little diversion at fishing i caught three fine trout the largest two pound and a half all but two ounces the next largest near two pound the other about one half a pound besides gudgeons and roach and dace all of my own catching and by my own throwing the net bill caught only one little minnie but he did not throw above four times we saw mr custance jr down at the river a-fishing with a fly 
and we spoke to one another. He said he had had bad sport. I think I had very good sport, being the first time of my ever throwing a casting net into a river. I was very wet and dirty. Got home about nine. May 15th. Mr. Custance called on me this morning to go a-fishing. We rode down to the river. Mr. Custance's mistress, a Miss Sherman, and one Sandall, an oldish man, a broken gentleman, and who keeps a mistress also, though he has a wife living, went with us on horseback. I returned home to dinner, though very much pressed to dine with Mr. Custance. He had but middling sport, a lease of trout, one pike, and some flatfish. Mr. Custance behaved exceedingly civil to me. He sent me the finest trout and the pike this evening, by his man Phillips, gave the servant one shilling. May 25th. I read prayers and administered the holy sacrament this morning at Weston. My nephew was at the sacrament. Bill was quite sulky at dinner and all the afternoon on account of having a shoulder of veal for dinner, which he did not like and would not eat one mouthful of it. I asked him to take a walk in the evening, but he did not. Therefore took a long walk by myself. I talked to him in the evening, very home, about his behavior of late. June 4th. Received of Mr. Legate, Ben's father, this morning, for a small pig which Suki sold him, fifteen shillings. Gave Suki out of it for selling them, one shilling. The toads in my great pond made an extraordinary loud noise for this last week past. This being His Majesty's birthday, had my blunderbuss fired off by Bill above two hands high three times in honor of the day, and with powder only. We had the fine pike that Mr. Custis sent me roasted for dinner with a pudding in his belly, and very good it was indeed. We dined on it chiefly, though we had a fine piece of beef boiled besides. The pike was more than two foot long after being roasted. June 10th. He rides with his servant to Norwich on the ninth for the bishop's visitation and stays, as usual, at the king's head. I dressed myself in a gown and cassock after breakfast, and at eleven o'clock went to the cathedral and heard prayers and a sermon preached there by Mr. Whitmill, rector of Whit Norton, and a good discourse he gave us. The chancellor, Dr. Sandley, who represented the bishop, was there, and the dean and a great many of the clergy of the deaneries of Blowfield, Sparham, and Taverham. After divine service we all went into the consistory court in the cathedral, and there the names of the clergy were called over and each delivered the bishop's letter with the answers to his lordship's questions. We all then attended the chancellor to the maid's head inn, not far from the cathedral, where we dined and spent the afternoon and the chancellor with us. We had a very elegant dinner, and twenty-eight sat down to dinner together. I sat next to the preacher by the chancellor. The chancellor is a very chatty man, with little or no pride in him. He is a Wickhamist, and I had therefore a good deal of talk with him. I delivered John Banks' compliments to him, of Wooten, in Oxfordshire, who was a contemporary of his. Mr. Baldwin, Mr. Priest, Mr. Wilson, Jr., and Mr. Millard, who read prayers at the cathedral, I saw, and had conversation with them. Also one Mr. Hammer, a chum of Mr. Decane's, a very merry and sensible, as well as good-natured man. Soon after the Chancellor went, I departed also. 
I went and drank tea this evening after I had undressed myself with Mrs. Davy in St. Stephen's Parish with her, Mrs. Roop, her mother-in-law, and a very pretty young lady from the boarding school. We took a walk afterwards in Chapel Field, etc. Paid this evening for things ten shillings. Made a very late evening of it being out after dinner and so engaged in company that I could not leave them till near two in the morning. June 13th. Sent a letter to my sister Pouncet by Carrie this evening. I put half my pig into pickle this morning. Have been at Harwich, that is in a great hurry all the day long. Author Mr. Duquesne, it took its rise from King George I landing at Harwich for the first time of his coming to England. Harwich then was nothing but hurry and confusion. I sent my sister Pouncet word that we intend to make her and our other friends at Ansford a visit soon, and that we should set off from Weston on that account next Monday, send night. June 17th. Bill made me very uneasy and very angry with him at breakfast by contradicting me in a very saucy manner. I therefore told him that I was determined that he should not return with me to Weston, but that I would leave him in the West. This being my rotation day, the following company dined and spent the afternoon with me. Mr. and Mrs. Howes, and with them Mrs. Priest and daughter from Norwich, Mr. Bottom, Mr. Don and sister, with one Miss Church, a lady, rather deformed, but dressed exceedingly well, with a prodigious high head indeed, but very sensible, and the Reverend Mr. Duquesne, Chancellor of St. David's. I gave for dinner a bad leg of mutton boiled scarce fit to be eat by being kept too long, and capers, some green peas, and a pig's face, a neck of pork roasted with gooseberries, a plum pudding with carrots, turnips, etc., for roots. Miss Church and Miss Don came and went in a common market cart. Most of the company were wet by coming today, as it rained much about two o'clock. They all returned about nine. At quadrille this afternoon, after tea, with Miss Church, Miss Don, and Mr. Duquesne, at tuppence per fish, lost four shillings. We were very merry with Mrs. Howes today. I gave them a plum cake with their tea. On June 23rd he and his nephew and the servant Will Coleman started on their journey to Somerset to visit our old friend, Sister Jane, Mrs. Pounsett. They went on horseback, and the journey, which was uneventful, took six days. The route lay through Attleboro, Thedford, Barton Mills, Newmarket, Cambridge, Royston, Baldock, Hitchin, Dunstable, Tring, Aylesbury, Tame, Abingdon, Farnborough, Hungerford, Everly, Wiley, Long Lane to Ansford, which they reached on June 28th. July 2nd. Made old Mr. Burgee a visit this afternoon at Cary. Poor old Mr. Burgee is amazingly altered since I saw him last year. He is fell away to nothing almost, and I think will not hold it very long. He has a cough also. He was exceeding glad to see me at Cary. A grand christening today at Mr. Frank Woodford's. I was not invited, neither Mr. and Mrs. Pouncet, nor my brother Hyes. We the only ones not invited through Anford amongst their relations. July 3rd. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Mr. Pounsett's. 
Brother John being at the christening last night, being merry disturbed the whole company so much that they were obliged to break up about eleven o'clock. James Clark and Jack were going to fight. He made terrible work there, I heard this morning. He is the worst company I ever was in, in my life, when he has got merry. Nothing pleases him, then, but making the whole company uneasy. July 5th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Mr. Pounsett's. Brother Hise and his son Sam dined, etc., with us. Sam brought his violin with him, and played several tunes to us. He is amazingly improved both in painting and in music. He is a very clever youth. Gave Sam this afternoon two shillings sixpence. Note. Samuel Woodford, the diarist's nephew, 1763 to 1817, was a considerable artist in his day, and was elected an associate of the Royal Academy in 1800, and an academician in 1807. He was the most distinguished of the sons of Brother Highs. He contributed no less than 133 pictures to the Royal Academy. He was enabled to visit Italy and study there through the liberality of the banker Henry Hoare of Storehead, of whom the diarist speaks more than once. Farrington mentions Samuel Woodford's in his diary, now being published. His Dorinda Wounded My Silvio is in the Diploma Gallery at Burlington House. C.D.N.B. July 7th. I dined, spent the afternoon, supped and spent the evening at Mr. James Clark's, who treated me most cordially. Mr. Richard Clark and Sam, Brother Highs and his two sons, Sam and Bill, Mr. and Mrs. White, and Mr. and Mrs. Pounsett dined, supped, etc., there. We had a most elegant dinner, a whole salmon, three boiled chicken and a ham, a neck of mutton boiled with capers, a green goose roasted and peas, with plum puddings and gooseberry tart. July ninth, I dined and spent the afternoon at Mr. Don's at Westcombe today with him, his wife, and the two Miss Boards from London, relations to Mrs. Don, and with very high heads. Mr. Guppy and his sister, Mrs. Pounsett, and Mr. Pounsett, and my sister. Mr. and Mrs. Pounsett and old Mrs. Pounsett had Ansford in chaise. We had a fine haunch of venison, a fine venison pasty, with many other good things for dinner there. A Mr. Watts, a clergyman, and was of Trinity College, drank tea and coffee there in the afternoon. I remember his name at college and something of his person. He has traveled about lately, and rather shoots in the bow. July 22nd. I breakfast and slept again at Ansford. We were rather disturbed about an hour after we got to bed, and Jenny came to my door and waked me and asked me if something did not fall down in my room, and that she had heard something walk in the passage to my door, and also thought that I was ill, but it all ended in nothing. Mr. Pounsett, myself, and sister dined, spent the afternoon, supped and spent the evening at Richard Clark's at Carrie with him, Mr. Thomas, Brother Hise, and Sam Clark. Dr. Clark, Sister White, and Samuel Woodford supped, etc., with us. In the afternoon I walked down to Charles Clark's and bought me twenty yards of huckaback cloth for kitchen tablecloths in Norfolk, three-quarter wide at one pound one shilling per yard, one pound one shilling sixpence. 
to Richard Clark's servants coming away gave two shillings. Cousin Lewis and son went of this morning for Nottingham. I was much better today and more easy in my mind. Robert Biggin, for stealing potatoes, was this afternoon whipped through the streets of Cary by the hangman at the end of a cart. He was whipped from the George Inn to the Angel, from thence back through the street to the Royal Oak in South Cary, and so back to the George Inn. He being an old offender, there was a collection of seventeen shilling sixpence given to the hangman to do him justice. But it was not much for all that. The hangman was an old man, and a most villainous-looking fellow indeed. For my part I would not contribute one farthing to it. The diarist's stay at Ansford lasted for another month. The days are spent in much visiting of old friends, in fishing and so on, and then on August 21st they set out for Norfolk, returning via Bath and Oxford. At Oxford they stayed two nights at the Blue Boar, while the diarist visited his friends at New College. They reached Weston safely on the 29th, and found things in decent order. September 16th. Very busy with the engine, for pumping out the pond. This morning, Mr. Duquesne, Mr. Don and Sister, Mr. Bottom, Mr. and Mrs. Howes, and Mrs. Davy came to my house about a twelve, upon account of seeing some fishing before dinner, as my great pond was near empty. We were obliged to sink the engine lower, and in doing of the same in raising the engine, one of the triangular poles broke and very near killed my man Will Coleman. He was knocked down by the pole falling on his head. But it only stunned him for some time. I then gave him a dram, and he was soon pretty well. It frightened us all very much. We caught a number of small tench with the casting net, but could not get all the water out today for the mud. The ladies and gentlemen all dined and spent the afternoon with us. I gave them for dinner half a dozen of my own fine tench, taken out of my pond in the yard, stewed, a rump of beef boiled, and a goose roasted, and a pudding. Mrs. Howes found a great fault with many things, especially about stewing the fish. She could not eat a bit of them with such sauce, etc. Mrs. Davy fell downstairs, but did not hurt herself. Miss Dunn swallowed a barleycorn with its stalk. Many accidents happened, but none very bad. The company went away about nine o'clock. They all admired my plated candlesticks and snuffers. September 21st. We breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. I read prayers and preached this morning at Weston. Harry Dunnell dined with our folks today. In the afternoon my dog Pompey came home shot terribly, so bad that I had her hanged directly out of her misery. My greyhound Minx, who was with her, did not come, and we suppose she has met with the same fate. It is supposed that Mr. Townsend's gamekeeper, who goes by the name of Black Jack, shot Pompey. My nephew and self took a walk in the afternoon. September 27th. I took a walk about five o'clock this evening by myself to Mr. Townsend's at Honingham, according to a promise from me to Mr. Duquesne, and was very politely received, and drank tea there with him, his lady, and Mr. Duquesne. The Honorable Charles Townsend, note, this Charles Townsend, 1728-1810, to 1810, is not the celebrated Charles Townsend, 
1725-1767, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who, perhaps more than any one man, was responsible for making war with the American colonies inevitable by his imposition of duties, tea, and other, in 1767. Our Mr. Townsend was cousin of the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and was nicknamed Spanish Charles, to distinguish him from his cousin, on the ground that he was secretary to the British Embassy at Madrid from 1751 to 1756. From 1761 to 1784 he represented Great Yarmouth in Parliament, and during this period held various minor offices in various administrations. Lord of the Admiralty, 1765, Commissioner of the Treasury, 1770, Vice-Treasurer of Ireland, 1777, Vice-Treasurer of the Navy, 1783. He was made a peer in 1797, taking the title of Baron Baining of Foxley. His wife, married August 1777, was Annabella, daughter of the Reverend Richard Smith, and an heiress. C. D. N. B. The Honorable Charles Townsend handsomely apologized for my dogs being shot by his gamekeeper, and told me, moreover, that whenever I had an inclination for a hare, I was very welcome to take a course with Mr. Duquesne upon his lands. Mr. Townsend's lady is a most agreeable lady, indeed, very handsome and exquisitely genteel. She has been married, but very lately, and is about twenty-two. I returned to Weston before eight o'clock. September 30th. Harry Dunnell found an old silver spoon this morn in leveling parts in the pond to make it more even. It weighed one ounce and marked with M.E., and I apprehend it belonged formerly of the family of the Englands, one of which was rector in 1575. October 1st. We breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. Harry Dunnell behaved very impertinent this morning to me because I would not privately name his child for him, he having one child before named privately by me and never had it brought to church afterwards. He had the impudence to tell me that he would send it to some meeting-house to be named, etc. Very saucy indeed. To two peck more of pears of James Taylor paid one shilling gave to his little maid, for bringing them, sixpence. My servant Will has a bad leg owing to its being scalded two days ago. My folk say he has the ague in it. I put to it some family plaster and a poultice over it. On October 16th he and his nephew go on a jaunt to Norwich. Next day they visit St. Faith's Fair. October 17th. We set forth, and Mr. Duquesne with us, for St. Faith's Fair, which begins today, and going there the road was crowded with people. St. Faith is about four miles north of Norwich. It is a very large fair for all things, and lasts for a fortnight. A great concourse of people there. Sir Harbord Harbord and Sir William Jernigan we saw there. The latter is a very handsome young man. We rode about the fair till two o'clock, and then went off. We had some oysters, for which I paid sixpence. Sir William Jernigan overtook us and rode with us some way. He is a mighty agreeable man. Mr. Duquesne went home with Sir William by promise. Sir William's coach and four there with the children. Mr. Duquesne being deficient in cash, I lent him one pound one shilling. 
October 26th gave poor John Grant this morning sixpence. Upon yesterday's Norwich paper, the Reverend Benjamin Russen, master of the charity school at Bethel Green, and who has a wife and six children, was tried at the Old Bailey for a rape on the body of one Anne Maine, only ten years of age, of which he was convicted and received sentence of death. Three more indictments found against him on other children. I read prayers and preached this afternoon at Weston. November 5th, we breakfast, supped, and slept again at home. Took a ride down to Leonade Bridge this morning upon Bathurst's account to receive his tithes for him. Bill went with me, as did my servant, William Coleman. We dined and spent the afternoon there with Mr. Wilson, Bathurst's curate, and many farmers that paid money. I received in the hole for Bathurst one hundred and ninety-one pounds, ten shillings, one and a half pence, paid out of it to Mr. Wilson one year and one quarter stipend, sixty-two pounds, ten shillings. For dinner, etc., at the audit today, paid three pounds, seventeen shillings, one pence. To William Springle for work done in the chancel, nineteen shillings, sixpence. We came away about six o'clock. The farmers were well pleased with their frolic. We had for dinner a rump of beef boiled, a leg of mutton roasted, and a fat goose and puddings. December 2nd we breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. The hounds were round by my house this morning, my nephew mad to go after them. This day being my frolic for receiving money for tithe and glebe, the following parishioners dined with us. Mr. Dade, Stephen Andrews, Mr. Palmer, John Bowles, Mr. Mann, John Pegg, Royal Ringer, William Bidewell, Mr. Burroughs, Mr. Legate Sr., John Baker, William Case, James Pratt, Thomas Carey, John Horner, and Mr. Legate Jr. Mr. Peachman, with his friend, a young man, Mr. Herring, and Mr. Galland, came to us after dinner. I gave my parishioners for dinner a good rump of beef boiled, a leg of mutton roasted, a ham boiled, vast quantities of plum and plain puddings and roots. I gave them to drink wine and punch in plenty. They all stayed with me till about ten in the evening, and then they all went to their respective homes. They were all well pleased and merry and tolerably sober. Cobb, my rat-catcher, was here today, and he dined with the folks in the kitchen. I paid him one pound one shilling. I gave the folks in the kitchen some punch after dinner. Mrs. Hardy and boy at work for me today. Mrs. Dunnell's man, Robin Buck, Mr. Hardy and boy, Thomas Thurston, Sr., who lent me a punch bowl, Harry Dunnell and my clerk, James Smith, dined, etc., in kitchen. Harry Dunnell had the ague in the evening. My people today drank six bottles of rum, of wine five bottles, and of ale great quantities. I received today for tithe two hundred and four pounds seventeen shillings. I paid out of it to the undermentioned as follows. To Mr. Palmer for thirty hundred of hay at two shillings sixpence, three pounds fifteen shillings. To Stephen Andrews for a carriage of coal, five shillings fourpence. To John Pegg for ditto, five shillings fourpence. To Mr. Mann for a cow and calf, five pounds. To Mr. Mann for one bushel and one half of apples, four shillings. To Mr. Mann for two comb and two bushels of seed wheat, 
two pounds fifteen shillings paid in all to the above twelve pounds fifteen shillings eightpence we did not get to bed tonight till near one o'clock i gave to my servant maid suki two shillings sixpence i gave also to my servant william coleman two shillings sixpence they having had a good deal of trouble to-day and did everything entirely to my satisfaction december twenty fifth we breakfast dined supped and slept again at home i went to weston church this morning at one half past ten and read prayers and administered the holy sacrament there being christmas day about twenty-four communicants my nephew made one of them neither peachment dade burtoned andrews nor bowles nor man there being christmas day the following poor people dined at my house old richard bates old richard buck thomas carr old thomas dicker old tom cushion robin buck and my clerk james smith i gave to each after dinner one shilling being seven shillings harry Dunnell dined also at my house to-day i had for dinner a fine sirloin of beef roasted and plum puddings for them december thirty first we sat up to-night till after one o'clock on account of being the last day in the old year after the clock struck twelve we drank a happy new year to ourselves and friends in a glass of gin punch End of section twenty seventeen seventy seven